Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Party episode 167. She's Sadia Kabaya. And he's Johnny Hammond. And uh, we have got a great show lined up for you today. Sadia, how are you? You're back out there. You're very coy last week. I knew something was up. I am back. You're back out there. How great was it? <laughs> no, it was really good. Um, it was really good to get back out there. Um, got 40 minutes and uh, loads of defence, which is right up my alley. Um, and it felt good. It felt good. Didn't make up my hammy once. Um, made a few tackles. Carried a bit. Um, so from a personal point of view, yeah, it's great. It's great to be back. Great stuff. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so, so pleased for you. So, yeah, you said, because we spoke about mentally and physically last week, didn't we? So it didn't didn't cross your mind one little bit. That's brilliant. Because I, I, I was a bit hesitant thinking, oh, will I, you know, be hold, holding back a bit in the game? Because it's like playing on my mind, but not one bit. Brilliant. I'm so, so pleased. Look, we're going to get into those results from the PWR round four. We're going to look ahead to round five. Um, we'll catch up with all the news from, from around the world as ever. But the headline news this week, really, um, certainly on this side of the hemispheres, um, is the news that Guinness has jumped in. The door has been opened. Read into that what you will. Um, to become a long-term partnership with the Women's Championship and they've renewed with the Men's Championship as well. Um, so it's renamed the Guinness Women's Six Nations as of 2024. Stephen O'Kelly, Dazio's Global Brand Director for Guinness, said this new partnership will help support the skill and talent of the women's competition to surge forward towards a level playing field between the men's and the women's game. It is our goal to never settle. See what he's done there? Uh, until rugby is a place where everyone belongs, where we hold nothing back and where we unite together in sport and life. Reported to be a six-year deal, 15 million across both tournaments. That's allegedly... Um, I mean, we, we did say well done and brilliant when TikTok came aboard... Um, but you, you, you never quite quite know, do you, with a, with a young company like that? But this is Dazio. This is Guinness. This is a brand that's long associated with rugby. You know, it, it sort of flirted with sponsoring the, the Women's Six Nations over the last few years. But this is another really, really big statement, isn't it, Sadia? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think for, the, for me, the main thing is it being the same across the men and the women's game. Um, for that to be recognised, obviously people recognise the men's game to be sponsored by Guinness. And so now to be on the same page as the men, I think it'll be great for the women's game, uh, great for putting um, us on the same playing field as the men as well in terms of viewership and fans. Um, and personally, I don't really like Guinness, so <laughs> that side of it doesn't doesn't yeah, appear to me. But I think. <laughs> well, I can say I don't like the taste of it. I don't like the taste of it. Anyway, but yeah, I think for the game, um, it's going to be huge. Yeah, and, it, and it's in line, obviously here in England. Oh, uh, two, they're uh, involved with uh, with the England setup, and again, promising equal measure between men and women's and and that kind of stuff. Whether that sort of plays out fully, um, but those are you know, the, the the commitments that people are making publicly, and uh, as you say, to to put stuff on a, on a level playing field is. Stephen O'Kelly said, um, yeah, I tried to, to get a, a Guinness representative on the pod today, but um, it's been, 
believe you me, it's been, been one of those weeks in terms of, in terms of guests. I'll tell you about Australia <laughs> later. Anyway, um, no, it, it's brilliant news. Um, fair Actually, wait. Guinness. Right by my bed. Oh, look at that. For those just listening, she's got a little Guinness snow Guinness globe. Guinness snow globe. Right I love Guinness. Place. I love Guinness. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Yeah, no, genuinely, I do love Guinness. Um, let's uh, look back at um, the PWR round four then, um, Sadia. Um, Gloucester Hartbury Sale. Uh, we, we go for some really positive news to one of those like, oh, God, what has it happened? Yeah. Um, postponed due to lack of medical services. Uh, I've worked in worked in the game a, a pretty long time. I can't remember that happening for the men ever, um, and yet I can probably point to two, three occasions with the women's. Um, and I'm not one of those to compare the men's and women's. It, it, it's two different sports, but um, it, it it doesn't happen in the men's game. It, it's disappointing, isn't it? No, it is disappointing. It's super frustrating. Um, it happened to Loughborough last season against Worcester, so I know exactly how it feels um, to be in that position. And it's so frustrating um, because you know the players, the coaches, they do all the training, they do all the match prep, they turn up in the day, um, and yeah, for for the games to be called off because there isn't um, medical enough medical. Pit side is um yeah so frustrating and, and like you said it doesn't happen in the men's game um and this is one of those comparisons where why why don't we get the same the same treatment in that sense so yeah very very frustrating and, and just to put put a level head on these things because it doesn't often happen um but we don't know whose fault it is we're not pointing any fingers it's just it just seems to happen with regularity um in the women's game and perhaps it was just you know one of those things but um yeah it's really disappointing look for gloucester that's two games in a row right that um that they, they've now missed this weekend we're, we're looking at it later on but uh, up against extra that's not ideal is it at all no not ideal um having a two-week two-week break obviously it's two weeks of training but you miss that weekly hit out um being able to get some more uh experience and playing under your belt and also it's like you're sitting there getting cold kind of obviously you can you can train all you want but that stimulus of being on the game day um it does enhance your performance so yeah for Gloucester a team who thrive on playing together and playing well together um I can't I can't say that two-week break is gonna be a positive thing for them because I mean like Bristol uh Quinns and, and Leicester we'll talk about those results in a, in a second they've all played four games now we're going to round five um, I've had a little uh, text conversation with Sean Lynn this week, and he's saying, "Yeah, we're going to round five. And you only play two games, um, but look, they need to to, to get those back up." Um, look, we, we've got to dissect it. Um, Forty-six seventeen. Um, you went down to to Bristol. Yeah. Um, your assessment, please. <laughs> My assessment. I mean, there's a lot of things you could have done better first half he was still in it uh half time i think it was i don't know maybe 17 7 or something i mean we're very much still in the game um in terms of what we were seeing on the pitch um obviously no excuses to be made but at half time helena came off through concussion so we had our nines both on at nine and ten um our nine our ten never playing ten before um in a premiership game so that didn't help but i think for loughborough a lot of it is we just 
can't put the phrases together when we get into 22. Um, I think our entries into 22 stats, our conversion rate is probably really not good at the moment. Um, we're taking the small wins and be able to get into their 22, but once we get into there, um, we just don't put those last three, four phases together. I think a lot of people were saying that the score seems worse than it is because when you watch it, you're like, oh, they're kind of back and forth. But yeah, we just didn't um, put those points together. And Bristol, they're a team that when they get the ball, they like to keep the ball. We spoke about this last week. So and in time, we did cough the ball up in in, in um, attack and they were able to capitalise. Um, so, yeah. What are the positives? Who, who are the positives in the game for you? Uh, I would say having below Matatonga back uh, was huge for us. Um, she's just like so dynamic, lots of energy in attack, in defence, um, sitting people down. Um, Carmela, uh, morale, one of our younger girls coming through, has been starting in she the centre. She scored, didn't she? Yeah. She scored, yeah. Um, she's, you know, gaining confidence week in, week, week out, um, and has become a really good presence on the pitch for us. So I think those two, and obviously Catherine Treader coming in. Um, second second game, been in the country for, I don't know, a week and a half. Um, and she she had a really good game too, so. Yeah, and, and, and Bristol dominated, they 60% possession, um, well over a 1,000 metres carried. Um, yeah, their scrum was 100%, line out 79, yours is 64. Possibly a, an area to, to have a little work on as well. How impressed were you with, with, with Bristol? I think they Bristol were Bristol like Bristol like yeah what what what's to be expected of of Bristol um you know they did what we expected getting the ball to the to the wing to the edges um and our defensive system wasn't good enough um obviously we gave them that space uh and they took it I think Meg Barley had a really good game um I don't think there was necessarily any standout moments I just think Bristol they worked together as a team and were able to um, identify the spaces on the pitch where they could attack and attack our weaknesses and that yeah meant that they were able to get 46 points on the board Yeah you mentioned uh, Meg, Meg Varley one of those just a really really solid performer like, like a, a Fee Fletcher um, used to be at Harlequin so to learn people people like this um, and who's the other centre I want to talk about Bristol centre Phoebe Murray, you know, there or thereabouts, touching yeah that little divide between club and country. Um, but Meg Volley, terrible injury, was at Worcester. Um, she signed to, to Bristol anyway. But yeah, um, a fabulous afternoon for for her. A couple of a couple of tries in there. Sarah Byrne got one. Kia Bevan, uh, Alicia Butchers, Akin Davis, Negrelli, and Deborah Wills. So well done to Bristol. Let's move to Harlequins uh, against Exeter. Um, they were without the services of Emily Robinson. Uh, that is the first of a five-match ban. Could be worse, I think. I think she's gotten quite a um, on the good side of a a sentence there, um, considering how blatant <laughs> the action was, but. Yeah, that's a pretty decent win against uh, a team that's there thereabouts. Come the shake up of most seasons, forty three percent possession um, next to the Chiefs had, but very very clinical, very very accurate. Um, I'm surprised as far down the road, for want of a better term, 
with so many new sort of systems and players in, in key positions uh, as they are. That that's impressive. That's impressive away at Quinns, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Fifty-two points, huge score on Quinns, um, especially like you said, not having the the most of the the possession. And always, I think any I think Exeter are known for. Well, they're known for that, obviously, performing at their home ground. So when they go away to other teams' home grounds, they don't perform as well. But, yeah, it's put 52 points um, against Quinns. Like you said, a lot of people moving about. Um, but for me, it's not a surprise of Exeter. They're a team who, once they get going, they're like a well-oiled machine. They all know what they're doing. Their forwards know what they need to do. Their back's in the right places. Um, they can kick when they need to. Um, they pass when they need to. They carry when they need to. Um, so I think... Once they get going and they do get into a groove, that you can't really stop them. I think that's why they've got so many points putting on 50 odd points on a team like Quinn's. Obviously, not in the best position at the moment, but still pretty decent defence. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty something to be pretty impressed at. Um, I'm going bit statty today, as you may have noticed. Um, average ruck speed of 2.44 seconds for Exeter, 3.45 for Quinn's. Again, it's over a second longer. Um, it doesn't sound yeah. very long. That's huge, right? No, that is huge. And under three points, under three second ruck speed is is yeah. super fast. So to even get that, um, obviously shows that one their their breakdown is really good. Or Quinns weren't contesting their breakdown. Their bullets are extra bullets are really fast. Um, and obviously having yeah, being able to have the extra second puts Quinns on that back foot, and you know it shows it shows um in the score. Yeah, and they, they had that driving wall to Tosi with another couple of tries. That's 47 for the season already. Um, utterly ridiculous. Um, Marion Dodge, Deutsch, um, a fullback hat trick for her. Kobashi with a lovely old pass to Claudia McDonald out wide. And Deutsch is just on the inside to, uh, to take the pass. And another one of those excellent, excellent club players that possibly in a different generation may well have. A fair few caps under her belt. Yeah, no, definitely. Even when she's come into England, she's she's been on the cusp of um, England for for a while now, and she's such a consistent player um, at Exeter. I think she always puts performance in. I think she's one of those players that you can trust. Um, you know what they're going to do, and I think she's also um, great morale as well. Um, obviously, she's still quite young, still got a lot of her career ahead of her. So hopefully, soon enough, we'll see her in an England shirt. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's a few players like that. Um, Marion Doidge, Phoebe Murray, uh, Meg Varley, who are all on the cast and they're all really, really talented players. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what where they can go. Quinns have a bye this week um, and then big game on the 30th, Gloucester Harbury. Just have a feeling that a break might come at a nice time for them just to kind of just regroup. Um, hasn't been a good couple of weeks. Saracens and, the, and then Exeter. Some pretty uh, decent losses there and and injuries and bads and all the rest of it. Um, just to, to regroup for, for Harlequins because they want to impress at the big big stoop across the road at uh, HQ. I think it's definitely come out at the right time for them. Um, time to reflect over their past couple of games. Obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of um, positives they can pull out there, a lot of things to work on as well. And obviously, the big game, it's... Uh, um, 
it's, it's where it says on the team. It's a big game. It's a big, a big event, and I'm sure they'll all be looking forward um, to that game. And like you said, one and two impressed, especially at home, and also against a team like Gloucester as well, because um, they know exactly what they're coming up against. They know it's going to be a tough game. So having this time now of a bye week and then the extra week to prepare, um, yeah, I'm sure we're we'll putting them in a much more positive. Um, yeah, positive mood coming into the game. Yeah, indeed so. Um, but uh, congratulations to to Exeter. And uh, then a history for Ealing Trail Finders. Their first ever win in the PWR, 36-7 against Leicester Sisters, Sisters Tigers. Have you seen that clip with somebody trying to say Worcestershire sauce? I, I have, yes. Anything, but, oh, yes. <laughs> Worcestershire sherry, yeah, brilliant. Um, I called it. Just What's saying. that? You I did call it. it. You did call it, indeedy. So, um, did you get all of them right then? No, because you backed Loughborough. Well, yeah, of course, I backed, backed my team. <laughs> oh. Brilliant. So uh, three two. Thank you very much. Um, no, that's um, that's a st- strong wing for for Trailfinders. That pack is beginning to to find its feet, isn't it? And, and just begin to motor week on week out. Yeah, thirty six seven. That's a strong a strong score um, for them. Not not a close game for Leicester either. And yeah, like you said, I think they've got they've got a lot a lot of talent um, in their forward pack, uh, including their bench to have the likes of. Uh, oh, the name is leaving me now. Canada, second row. Uh, Bukaboon. Yeah, Bukaboon on the bench um, to come off as well. Um, but clearly their their starting pack is performing really well. And I think you can see that they're, they're a team who get a lot of their go forward for their forwards. Um, really aggressive carriers. They've got likes of Roe Burnfield, who is really experienced, got a really soft touch, is able to put people in places as well. Um, and obviously their back's there to pull the strings when needed. So, yeah, I think Ealing, they're, they're taking it along slowly and, and under someone like Giselle, um, she will always go back, you know, and watch every single minute of that game and, and come in week in, week out with little things they can improve on. So um, it's clear to see that, that that's working. Yeah, she's a lady you you, you know well um, from days at Wasp. But uh, yeah, Eddie Green beginning to... Um... Yeah, pull the sh- strings, and then as you say, you've got incredible experience there, Liz Craig. Um, yeah, eight hundred forty-seven games for was that she played. Um, Lynn Galois, the uh, South African hooker, in there as well. Buckland Hurry in the second row. Pinnock. Yeah, these are these are players who've been around um, the the Premiership for, for for quite some time. You say Rob Burnfield is never going to let anybody down, is she? Um, <laughs> no. Got Kate Zachary there back at eight, and she's delighted to be back at eight. Had a good chat with her on Monday evening. Um, wow, what a force of nature she is. Um, what did you say? Yeah, I've got Buki Bin coming off the bench, Ella Amory, and um, even Abby Dow started um, from the from the pine as well. But uh, 36 7, yeah, it's a, it's a good win. Um, how big, or, or perhaps they're still in the cupboard at the moment, the, the alarm bells for, for Leicester Tigers, because they certainly would have been targeting that in this opening tranche of six games. You know, it's tough. They're, they're a new team. They're coming into a league, and I'm sure they're, they're going to be wanting to make an impact. But 
there's only so much you can do um you know coming into a league like this where there's so much competition um and they, like you said they probably were targeting you know the Ealing game um the Loughborough game to be able to come away with with wins but I think you know it's only the first part of the season we've got to play every team twice and I think for Leicester it's going to be about building slowly finding out where their strengths lie outside of their you know star players um and then being able to go from there yeah uh, but huge congratulations to um Ealing Trailfinders women yeah I want to get some reaction again uh, lack of communication there real shame um but yeah history made at uh, Vallisway Trailfinders women first PWR victory. Hi, I'm Bill Burma, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's turn ahead to the news then. To Ireland and the All-Ireland League round nine. Galwegians 10, Cook 34. Railway Union knocked up a cricket score 88 points to Sartonians 19. Old Belvedere, big win for them over Blackrock, 37-14. Wicko sadly had to concede the match due to injuries. Uh, five points in a scoreline of 28-0 was awarded to UL Bowes. So Bowes, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they've got nine from nine. Railway Union, seven wins from there, nine on 37 points. Old Belvedere and Blackrock still make up that top four. Yeah, can't see too many changes in that top four over in Ireland. Cook. With that good win, go above Wicklow on the foot of the table. The league now takes a break and will be back up and running on the weekend of the 10th of February. PWR round five is Saturday at 2pm. Bristol take on Ealing. At 3pm, there are three games. Exeter versus Gloucester, which will be live on TNT Sports. Leicester versus Saracens and Sale versus Loughborough Lightning. Yeah, and the big dogs in town for the live game. Dame, uh, yeah. Dame Sarah Hunter. Oh, uh, is going to be down. Oh, I you thought you were. I, I thought you were talking about yourself. <laughs> Sarah Hunter is the big dog. That is true, though. But I thought you were talking about yourself. No, gosh, <laughs> well, wow. Well, well, perhaps, perhaps I do come across someone who bigs myself out like that. But no, no, the big dog. Um, take a look at the mirror, Hammond. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, big dog Sarah Hunter. Um, she's a dame. She got presented a ceremonial sword of late. I mean, I, yeah, I can barely pick up a, a kitchen. She is royalty. She's royalty. She is absolute royalty. Uh, but she'll be down at, uh, at Sandy Park uh, alongside Laura Jane Jones and Ashley Wilmot as well. International news. Yeah, and I saw Suntour and, um, and, uh, and Ashley on Molly Night at this uh, event. Beautiful Guildhall. Uh, livery hall at uh, the guild hall in london absolutely fantastic um but it was the world cup 25 sort of event they, they've announced the opening and closing venues for the world cup hugely exciting the stadium light up in Sunderland in the northeast uh sunderland <laughs> yeah but look that wasn't it, good no no. Well, it wasn't mine, actually. Uh, it's Maka <laughs> from uh, Talk Sports. So, uh, blame him. Um, but just before I carry on with the rest of the sort of announcement, as it were, with the, the fact that their opening game is in Sunday yeah. and she, she's from that part of the world. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think if she isn't the kind of influence that she is, and I know she hasn't like played for it or whatever, but she's just, 
she's from that part of the world. She's very passionate about that part of the world. She chose to go out at New- Newcastle up at Kingston Park. Uh, I think it's almost a little nod to her almost. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I didn't think about that, but you may be right, Johnny. Yeah, these winter nights are long for me. <laughs> <laughs> but at the Stadium of Light in Sunderland, um, in the northeast of England, will host the opening match which will involve England on August the 22nd, 2025. It's not far away, is it? 20 months. Um, and the final will take place, strangely enough, at Twickenham Stadium in South of London, 27th of September. For the first time ever, the expanded showcase event will be hosted across eight venues across England, with 16 teams competing to be world champions. World Rugby Chair Sir Bill Beaumont commented, it will be a generational moment for rugby, the biggest, most accessible and most widely viewed it's unstoppable momentum will reach, engage, and inspire new audiences in ways that rugby events have not done before. Um, I'm not going about this event on Monday night, but um, there really was a sense of that in, in the room on Monday night. Um, plenty of players, administrators, um, sponsorship people, all the big dogs of uh, women's rugby were, were there and there was a real, real sense of excitement and anticipation. Is that met by, when you hear announcements like that, and obviously you're involved in the, in the Red Roses, does it trickle through to, to the players and stuff as well? That oh, It's just around the corner, home World Cup. I don't think so. Um, I think I think there'll be excitement there and the excitement's bubbling. Um, but I think, well, definitely for me anyway, um, it's kind of one thing at a time. I think in record of the hair, we all know we've got this big event coming up, obviously World Home World Cup 2025, um, which is going to be amazing. But when I see those announcements, I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I will acknowledge that when it comes around. But for now, I'll be focusing on the Pram and Six Nations. <laughs> uh, the horizontal Sonia Kabea. There she is. <laughs> Um, anyway, we got excited on Monday night um, at the Guildhall, as I say, uh, invite from the City of London and World Rugby celebrating. Just coincided 200 years of the game and obviously France last year uh, and, of course, looking ahead to England 2025. Um, yeah, it was a thoroughly enjoyable evening. Meanwhile, there was some sevens going on at the weekend. Big congrats to Australia. Back-to-back wins in Dubai last week and now Cape Town. But it was a very tight one, 29-26 in the final against France. Having beaten USA in semi and Ireland in the quarterfinal. Team GB, like Ireland, reached quarterfinals to miss out to USA. Next stop is the 26th to 28th of January in Perth. Um, Ireland and, and Team GB reaching the quarterfinals there in Cape Town. That's better from Team GB, isn't it? Yeah, so much better. I think we spoke about it, we touched on it last week, but... They have so much talent in there. Um, they've been together for a while now, so hopefully this means things, things are starting to click um, in that in that GB7 squad. Yeah, and hopefully they can get uh, out to Perth and continue that um, upper trajectory of form and performance. Wanted to get um, Madison Levi on the pod. Um, kind of given up after five or six emails. Um, just... Eesh. Uh, and we've had some great Australians on the, on the pod here. We've had Jenny Cooper, head of women's rugby at Rugby Australia. I went directly to her. No problem. She came on the pod. Shani Williams the same. Media managers get involved. It just, oh, my word. It is like pulling teeth. Um, 
off the high horse, JH. We, ju- <laughs> we just want to celebrate what the what you girls are doing, right? Oh, anyway, <laughs> we're in over you know, touching two hundred countries. This podcast, you know, get it out there. We are in France, of course, as well. And uh, over the weekend, Elite War Round Three, uh, Montpellier stuffed Stade Francais sixty four nil. Lille beat Pabogny 25-10 and the champ Stade Bordelais just about got past Rockmanner 14-5. In pool two, Lille went down to Grenoble over there at 17-12. Blagnac got a, an away win at Lens 2012. Stade Toulousien beat Stade René 32-0. This week, this week, Stade Toulousien travelled to Blagnac. Montpellier on the road to Stade Bordelais. Lyon host Stade René, Stade Francais up against Lille, Babogny face Rogmanar, and it's Grenoble versus Lens. Belgium's coaches have resigned due to lack of vision by the union, mainly surrounding not entering Rugby Europe trophy. The union's response being they knew that Germany and Czechia were not entering. The new staff are targeting the championship in two years, which is ambitious to say the least. Yeah, I mean... That that is ambitious. Um, again, it's yeah, it's sad that uh, that competition is not being run by Rugby Europe this year. It's um, which is a real real shame. It, uh, it it really is. I'm Abby Brown, and you're listening to Women's Rugby Pod. Let's have a look at this weekend then, round five of the PWR here in England. Let's go chronologically. Bristol, Ealing Trailfinder, Saturday, 2 o'clock. Bristol tough at home. They won't allow Ealing to have the ball, will they? Uh, yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it, but I'm sure Ealing, you know, will come in. Um, guns blazing after, you know, a good win um, on the weekend. Um, and I'm sure they won't be coming in, you know, having any feelings of wanting to back down. Um, but like you said, once Bristol get that ball, um, they have no plans of giving it, giving it back to Ealing. So I think it could be a high-scoring game. Um, but I think Ealing are going to put you know everything out there too. Looking, looking at um, uh, Ealing, and they would have been together some time. And because it is a fact, they are literally building from the ground up. To to got that win uh, over Leicester last weekend. That could be a huge springboard for them, couldn't it? Do, do Bristol have to watch out? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it could be a huge boost in confidence for them, um, for the players, for the coaching staff. Obviously, they're a new team. They're just getting up and running. And to come away with a, a win like that is always, always a positive. Um, so I think and I think it'll give them the confidence to try and compete um, more in the league, like we said, it's a really tough league at the moment, really competitive. Um, the top teams are performing really well. Um, so, yeah, I think, like I said, that's why I think they're going to come out guns blazing because then they're going to have a bit of a uh, confidence boost after last weekend. How do, how do you tap into that? How, how do you make that feeling? Um, no, if you could bottle it. But, but how, you must have been in teams where you've had a run of it, some support results, poor performances, whatever, and you get a big win. And that's amplified by the fact that, yeah, that they're a new team. How do you tap into that week going into the next game? Well, I can only imagine um, Giselle, she's really good at that. Um, she'll, 
you know, make highlight Why? loads of the positive things from the game. Why is she so good at that? In terms of her, I think it's the way she goes about it. In terms of as a coach, yeah, as a coach, she's and a also because she's coach. someone who is people, <laughs> and she also like she feels um, really when the when the team loses, you know, she really feels that loss, and when the team wins, she feels that high as well. So, I'm sure there'll be you know focusing on the positives from the game, um, watching back um, clips, um, you know, of key moments, um, big wins, celebrate on the pitch, and bringing that energy into training. Um, kind of trying to reenact what energy they felt against um, Leicester and in that win through their training week and then bring that into the game against Bristol. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Bristol, what more of the same for them? Because it, it started well, sort of had it slightly at sale and then sort of not such a good couple of, couple of weeks. And then back on, obviously, with a good win last weekend. Um that they'd, they'd want to back that up, wouldn't they? At home uh, and cement being in that um, that top half of the, of the table. Yeah, um, for sure. I think they'll be, you know, feeling a lot more confident after last week. Um, and it seems like, you know, regardless of the result against Sale, um, their structure is really cemented in 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 the Bears in the Bears camp. So I think yeah, they'll be going into. Going into this game against Ealing, wanting to put out, you know, the same, if not higher score um, against against Ealing and also being at home, um, having that big crowd, you know, they'll only, only thrive even more there. Yeah, because it, it, two wins from, from the four. That's fine. I, I'm not going to use the word predictable. Oh, I just have. Um, but... <sighs> By and large, you know know what's what's coming. I mean, that's not unique to Bristol, though, is it? But is there a chance that teams could just work you out too much, and, and therefore you you've got to have more of a, a plan B, C, D? Um, or am I doing Bristol a, a slight disservice? Or am I just playing um, devil's advocate? No, no, I think that's um, completely right. I think for the the teams more high up, the higher up in the league, you know, when they come up against the Gloucesters, the the Saris, the yeah, just the the teams who are in the top four, um, who would have come up against them in in tight games, and like the rest of the league know what they're expecting. There is definitely potential that they can be unpicked um, through you know good analysis and good training, um, and I'm sure there will be a game during during the the league where we see that happen. Um, so, no, I don't think that's playing devil's advocate. I think it's completely right. Um, it, it's it's a risk, a risk. obviously, Bristol are willing to take um, playing the way they do. And obviously, it, it pays off for them, but it could also be, you know, a little bit of a weakness. Indeed. So, there seems to be too many weaknesses at Sandy Park. Three from three, uh, maximum 15 points. And you would say Bristol, uh, one of the big dogs. Uh, you would say historically Harlequin is one of the big dogs. They, they've beaten both of those and, and Leicester as as well. Um, up against Gloucester Hartbury off the back of a unscheduled two-week rest. Um, how important is that opening 20 minutes going to be? Yeah, it's going to be so important. Um, I think for any, for any team, you know, it's, it's important that you come up the block the blocks far, especially when you're when you're against a team um, like Gloucester, like Exeter, who thrive on being let in. 
um, whether that's, you know, through little mistakes or, you know, turnover here and there. So I think for both teams, that first 20 minutes is going to be probably what makes or breaks who's going to win. I think whoever comes to the blocks faster, whoever puts the most points on in that first 20 minutes, that first half, um, is going to be the ones that um, take home the win. I'm just looking for times of scores ratio on my little stat sheet there. Um, but yet they're incredibly uh, efficient. Um, it's going to be a great game, isn't it? I mean, that, yeah, that, no, that is going to be a great game. Could be worthy of the final and, you know, um, yeah, it may well be the final. No, exactly. We ran up last year's final. I know I'm going to be putting that um, the replay on as soon as, as soon as I'm finished playing. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be a really, really exciting game. It's going to be a great game to have on on TNT as well. I'll give you a shout out because um, the big dogs are there. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Leicester Saris. That's I, I left it back at home um, rather than being away at Ealing, but off the back of um, losing to the new team who hadn't got a win, and then you're up against Saris um, a little week off, didn't they, just to refresh. I, I fear for Leicester a little bit. I agree. I think it's kind of written in the stars what that, what, what that result's going to be, and I'm sure the focus for Leicester going into this week will be the small wins, um, whether that's focusing on defence, focusing on attack, um, whatever they can take away from the Saris game because, like you said, they haven't had the best run and then they're going up against uh, a top four team who are who are going to be fresh from a week off but also are also on uh, really good form at the moment. So, Yeah, um, we're going to do predictions right at the end. We'll do a look at all the games. You're up at sale. Yes. How do you uh, see that one going? They, they, they've had a week off. Um, it does depend how that um, sort of a team react to that, whether that's uh, needed, like we sort of say with, with Quinns or just sort of stunts the sort of growth. But but sales certainly been been growing since that, that opening. Yeah, and they would have admitted themselves a, a disappointing opening fixture. They've been, been growing and growing and um, these these new talents beginning to weave some spells within the uh, within their performances. They are they are a strong team and they're built a lot on on heart and energy. Um and I think that, that shows in the way they play obviously getting that win against Harlequins. Yes. Yeah, getting that getting that win against Harlequins would have been a big a big confidence boost for them. Um but like you said obviously they've had a couple of games postponed now. Um so I've had have had weeks off, um, you know, in lead up to this game, which could work against them, could work for them. I hope it works against them. But I think um, for for us, um, I mean, for for this game, I think it's going to be a game of uh, there's going to be a lot of I think brutality. I think it's going to be one up front. Um, say are a team who like to get into um, the heads of the of the opposition with the likes of Georgie Paris Reading, you know, in that in that back row. Um, so yeah, I think it's just going to be a lot of a lot of brutality. I think 
the team who is the toughest um, is the one who's going to come away with the the win. The team that's just, what what wins wins that physical battle? Is it just too obvious to say that? The physical battle and the mental battle, I think, because um, I think it's going to be a back and forth game. Um, I think there'll be a lot of a lot of defense for both teams, and you know, sometimes it can get tiring in defense, and you know, you, you can. Uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, it's quite mentally draining when you're getting off the line tackling, getting off the line tackling, and sometimes you can just let the team in. So I think whoever's mentally tough enough to stick in the game, uh, to be able to keep carrying that ball, getting their head down, um, yeah, will be the one to come away with it. So not only. Not only a physical battle, but also a mental battle too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, postponed, wasn't it? Their uh, their game with Gloucester at the weekend, uh, the frozen pitch before as well. But um, yes, take strength on that uh, that win against Harlequins. Um, yeah, be good on battling that back row. Um, do you like playing against someone like Moana Telling, who who you know particularly well? I do, I do. <laughs> Not for reasons she's probably, probably um, uh, appreciate, but I always like to play play against big ball carriers um, because I go by the saying, obviously, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and that's what <laughs> that's what riles me up when I'm when I'm playing against those kind of players. So yeah, I really do. I do like to play against players like her because. Not only is she quite smart on the pitch, um, she's aggressive, she's powerful. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm quite excited to come up, come up against her. Great stuff. Let's just finish up then. Uh, so, then I'm not going to ask you what you're doing the weekend because you're playing uh, a game of rugby and hopefully you get more than uh, 40 minutes. And, yes, I'm looking forward to you putting in uh, some big tackles. Bit just for Goni. Nice early shot on her. <laughs> her down for the rest of the game. Yeah, I get you. I know. You, I know where you're playing. Yeah. Um, a couple of shout outs though. <laughs> yeah, just to raise the eyebrows. Okay. You're a seven. She's a ten. <laughs> no, that's what happens, isn't it? Um, Sarah here and eat. Um, don't know the exact details of the injury, but looked really rough um, the other week in, D- in Dubai. Um, and and uh, her teammates did a hucker for her in the change room, which uh, you know totally nothing got me um, but such is the esteem she's held by her teammates but yeah all the very best and, and get yourself well soon um, and congratulations to Amelia McDougall from Saracens who has won the RPA 15s on the 23 MVP of the month award and she's been good didn't know her she's been really good really really impressive um, and you think of some some young fly halves knocking around, um, but yeah, look, it helps, doesn't it? Being behind that pack, um, and yeah, you know, and experience nine and some other experienced heads around you, of course. But um, you still got to do it and cross your kicks. She controls the game well. Um, she's not frightened to, to get up in the faces in attack and defence. Um, yes, Amelia McDougall. Remember the name. Saturday, two o'clock, Bristol Ealing. Three o'clock games, Exeter Gloucester, Heartbreak, Love on TNT Sports, Leicester Saracen Sale, Loughborough Lightning. All the very best, Sidia. Thanks very much for your company, as ever. We'll see you next week. See you next week.